Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Yeah, and good morning to you all here. You're now tuned to Future Sense here with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald through to 11 o'clock. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Here we are again. Here we are again. Uh, we can't help ourselves. Keep coming back for more. Yeah. And uh, we've got, have we got a theme for you today? I mean, uh, there's we, a, it's a never-ending theme. It just keeps on spinning new versions of itself, so to speak. Absolutely. <laughs> today's, today's discussion is all about spirals, spin cycles, and heart centers. Yeah. And of course, spin has all sorts of uh, meanings, and including we'll probably get to look at a bit of news later on, current news, and the, the spin of propaganda, of course, and uh, and the, the spin backwards and forwards. And, you know, I mean, basically, it's a never-ending theme. So please contribute as much as you wish. You can text in at any time, 04373 Talk to us. That's right. We'd love to hear your spin on what we have to say. <laughs> Precisely. I did, I did love, it's got nothing to do with spin, or maybe it has in the news there, how the, in, in France there with the heat wave, uh, they're, they're sleeping with blocks of ice in their bed. I just can't make sense of that. <laughs> <laughs> Must be very hot. That's very, hot. very that's, hot. That's pretty out there. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. You're tuned to that exactly 9.13 here on Future Sense with Nick and Steve. And today, spin. Um, just spinning. About, yeah, just yeah, about everywhere. What, sp- what doesn't spin? Well, we're spinning together physics and spirituality today. So yeah. we're going to bring science together with an understanding of the heart and an understanding of other dimensions and talk about spin in general and then have a look at all of the things that impacts in our lives, mm. including our consciousness yeah. and our values, our attitudes, our interaction with other people and uh, larger world events. Yeah. yeah. So uh, everything has a spin. Everything has a spin. Everything has mm. a spin. And of course, there are many definitions of that word, which you can probably get into later. But I, I just want to start by reading a, a quote from Nassim Haramein, uh, who's done some amazing work in terms of groundbreaking physics. If you're not familiar with his work, uh, look up there. The uh, Resonant Science Foundation mm. online, uh, wonderful stuff. And so <clears throat> this is from uh, Haramain's Facebook page, a, a small spiel here about spin. I'll read it. Spin is happening everywhere, moving towards stillness, in brackets, the singularity. From the atom to hurricanes to galaxies, we observe the same spiral dynamics on all scales. Haramain theorizes that space-time itself has these same dynamics and therefore added torque and Coriolis forces, in brackets, the forces that happen when something spins, into Albert Einstein's field equations. And that's a very, very significant piece of Haramain's work, actually, where he's actually improved on Einstein's understanding of the nature of reality. And if you studied science at school like I did, you probably got taught about 
um, centrifugal force and centripetal force. Yeah. And, and I was taught that centrifugal force is actually something that doesn't exist. Uh, it's, it's simply a, a um, product of momentum and uh, okay. c- centripetal course. It was sorry, centripetal force. It was was called uh, was actually the the motion towards the center or the force to, uh, pushing yeah. something towards the center yeah. in a spin. It's also known as um, Coriolis. Coriolis force. after the uh, inventor, I think, an Italian or from somewhere else. But that's an, that's where the, that's a name. Of yeah, the, yeah. Or the, uh, the discoverer or the you know, the theorizer of that idea. That's right. Mm. And and twisting or spinning power, of course, is is measured as torque, which is the mm. the force uh, twisting something. Well, of course, just as a quick aside, I mean, you know, this of course is a helicopter pilot. Yeah, I mean, you, I you're you're the absolute I know absolute spin everything that. to do with spin. That's right. Because <laughs> like life depends on it. That's right. Yeah. Indeed, uh, and just just to continue this, um, so in uh, in Haramain's paper called "The Origin of Spin: A Consideration of Torque and Coriolis Forces in Einstein's Field Equations and Grand Unification Theory," unquote, <laughs> he and co-author Elizabeth Rauscher conclude that everything in the universe is continually spinning due to the spin of the space-time manifold itself as it curls like water going down the drain towards a singularity. Oh, I love this sort of stuff at 9.15 a.m. in the morning on I Monday. Know, it's fantastic. Get your minds active. It's Get refreshing. them spinning with some new ideas and some juicy stuff. As love it. As you're splashing your face this morning, just look at that spin spinning going down water, the drain. Spinning the vortex exactly. that's created. And as you're doing your super smoothie in the blender, same thing. I know. And it's, it's wonderful to talk about the singularity in terms of mm. the destination of spin also because there's so much crazy talk about the singularity concept in the tech world the destination of spin because many people think of something spinning it's not going anywhere it's just spinning so yeah, well, well, how does it have a destination spinning towards the center okay there you go which exactly. mm, mm. yeah and the center is um i mean of course we have that in uh, in natural forces such as hurricanes and uh, and uh, tornadoes and the like that that notion of the, the still point at the center of everything but uh, it's, a, it's an analog for much more it is indeed, and of course, uh, many people say that the centre of our body, ourselves, is our heart. Mm. And uh, Haramain again has a, a lovely quote talking about the singularity within your heart, so the centre of your heart. And, and yes. uh, let me read this uh, again from the web. There is a physical place inside your heart that has a singularity. Your heart has a little cavity between the two ventricular. And that little cavity has the highest electromagnetic field of your body and can be measured up to eight feet away from you. Yeah. And that's the battery of life that keeps your heart going. When you die, that singularity is no longer present. And I think that is why there's a bunch of weight that goes missing when people die. The weight <laughs> is a result of that singularity curving space-time, creating a gravitational effect Ooh. that we call weight. So it's not actually the soul leaving the body, it's the spin stopping and the mass that may be created from that spin that uh, is suddenly missing in, yeah, the, in rem- the equation of the physical weight, of the mass of something. Yeah, the, mm. it's the movement of that center out of the body. Mm. Yeah, Isn't that interesting? And there are other esoteric writings that talk about uh, the origin of gravity actually being uh, a vortex, like an etheric vortex, which spins around matter. And uh, the argument there they put forward is that it, it is that spinning motion from a, an etheric vortex which actually creates the matter, manifests the matter in the center of the, the spin. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's highfalutin stuff for sure. It but is. But the thing is uh, that, and, and as you're talking, I'm thinking straight away that it's amazing how... Uh, so few of us, certainly in, in sort of common culture, recognise the analogue as above, so below, for example, 
of the nature of spin itself. Uh, we see a vortex, like I said before, a bathtub, water going down there, a hurricane, um, you know, the galaxies. I mean, it's kind of obvious that this exists everywhere. It's everywhere, exactly, mm. yeah. It's but we don't, we don't bring it to our, to our bodies, to our cells, to our beings very easily, do we, to, to equate it to that and say, we're also spinning, and what does that mean? And where is that taking us? If- yeah, that's right. And if we look at human development and the evolution of our species, we can see that as we've moved through this evolutionary process, we've actually followed a spiralling path yeah. ourselves. You know, many many people have studied it, have described it as a, a spiraling uh, or cycling process, mm. including Claire Graves, of course. Mm. And uh, when you give spin a vector, in other words, a direction, then it becomes a spiral, it expands. Mm. Uh, and uh, and everything, of course, that spins must have a center or an axis which it spins around, mm. which of course is also the heart yeah. of yeah. the matter. The heart of the matter, exactly. And of course, uh, there's institutions like the Heart Math Institute in the United States. We often talk about, and it's been in existence for a long time, which looks at many of these things: the notions of vibrations, frequencies, and indeed uh, the nature of spin. I guess to some degree. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They've done and uh, continue to do wonderful work. Yeah. Uh, HeartMath.org, if you want to look them up, mm. uh, in terms of mapping the the heart field uh, that surrounds our body and yeah. how we interact with each other through our heart fields uh, in a, a non-physical way. Mm. And uh, as and we'll talk a little bit more uh, on the show as, as things uh, spin out uh, about how our human understanding of spin, our realization of spin, and the use of spin, how we've employed it, and, and those sorts of things throughout yes. uh, the ages and, and into the future, of course. And indeed, starting with, of course, the invention of the wheel, because that's in a sense the sort of arguably the sort of lower order of exactly the same thing, or and a different order of the same thing yeah very interesting indeed and that transformed life on earth and perhaps we're just about to go through with this big shift in consciousness which everyone you know many people feel coming perhaps we're about to go through the next level of the invention of the wheel for all of you out there strangers in a strange land you're grokking future sense here on bay fm Thanks for your texts already, 04373 Thanks, uh, Christopher. Christopher Dean. Hello, Christopher. He's about to go off to something else, but he's just had listened to our Heart of the Matter spinning story. And um, yeah, indeed, all part of the evolving nature of the species. And that's, uh, that's really what we're talking about here on Bay FM on this show the evolving nature of humanity. Many people don't think we are evolving, and you know, I guess if you look back, you could, you could wonder, if you, if you take, a, take stock of history in a sense of uh, that we, history repeats itself like a wheel, uh, then sure, maybe nothing ever changes, but no, I think we, we are on the verge, clearly, of a different appreciation of the, of the nature of reality itself somehow. Yeah, and it, it depends upon uh, the nature of uh, your perspective you know in, in terms of how many dimensions mm. you're you're perceiving as to how these things are um, are understood and yeah. if like if you're in a relatively two-dimensional world then everything looks like a, mm. a circle right uh, but if you actually expand that out to three dimensions and you get a spiral and with a spiral you can get progress and uh, regression mm. and those sorts of things probably most of you have seen the wonderful uh, 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 diagrammatic representations of of, uh, of the Earth and the planets and the solar system spinning through space around the sun, 
an incredible thing. It's a good example because we see the orbit of the planets as relatively circular, relatively like a wheel. I mean, they're not exactly like that, but that's yeah. from one from one perspective. That's how we see it. Once upon a time, we all thought, of course, that everything spun around the Earth. That's right. We yes. Yeah. yeah so then there was the sun, and then of course now with the, with the way that we can conceive of, perceive of, and especially since we've been into space, we can see from outside, and also we can diagram these things and we can measure these things to a fairly high degree of accuracy, at least on one level. We see the, uh, the the solar system spinning through space in this way that's quite an elegant and amazing representation. And clearly, we're not stagnant. Clearly, we're going somewhere and something is happening. That's right. And in that evolution of understanding, what we've done is we've reimagined our heart, our center. And as we grow and evolve, we're obtaining a deeper understanding of this concept of heart and what it means. Yeah. And, and you can see how the, the idea of you know what is at the heart has changed throughout history from what you just said. Mm-hmm. I've got a quote here from the uh, famous philosopher Goethe. Mm. He said, progress has not followed a straight ascending line, but a spiral with rhythms of progress and retrogression of evolution and dissolution. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Now, the wheel, let's go back long enough ago to, to start with that evolutionary process in a way, because no wheels, according to an article from the Smithsonian Institute, smithsonianmag.com is the website, and uh, no wheels exist in nature. So it says, throughout history, most inventions were inspired by the natural world. The idea for the pitchfork and the table fork uh, came from forked sticks, the airplane from gliding birds. But the wheel is 100% homo sapiens Innovation. Now, some people might contest that. We mentioned before about hurricanes and tornadoes. Those are natural forces, but they're spiralic. They're, they're a different order, perhaps, of that maybe, It may be with somebody sitting by a river and looking at an eddy in the river spinning around or something like that. Exactly. Perhaps. So there are those sort of things, but there's no actual physical creatures. So, for example, uh, Michael La Barbarella, a professor of biology and anatomy at the University of Chicago, wrote in 1983. I remember in, seeing his daughter in a sci-fi movie once. Barbarella. Yeah, they just changed a lot. Bar- oh, I get it. Yeah, he's quick, isn't he, this morning for 9 to 30 in the morning? Pretty good. Uh, so he wrote in the American Naturalist that only bacterial flagella, dung beetles, and tumbleweeds come close to a wheeled organism, but they're really not still a wheel. They, they're rolling as a form of locomotion, but they're not actually a wheel. And the wheel was actually a relative latecomer to our, uh, to our emergent uh, beingness uh, way back and the first wheels were not actually used for transportation but they were potter's wheels way back about three and a half thousand BC in Mesopotamia 300 years before someone figured out how to use them for chariots and that's amazing itself I mean so you've got a potter's wheel of some sort with a, some way of turning that wheel and, and creating clay pots and the like so that's circular motion but no one turned it the other way around 90 degrees. Not for a while anyway. Not for a while, for 300 years. Yeah. That's yeah. a long time. And that really goes to how long our early evolution has actually taken us to achieve certain things. And that acceleration, we often talk about that exponential acceleration yeah. of change. Yeah. But way back then, very slow. I'll say. Mm. Yeah. I mean, with their round pots, you, you think they would have been kind of rolling them on their side, even accidentally yeah. from time to time. But yeah. Someone went, oh, I can put something on there and roll yeah. through, for, you mm. know, and maybe maybe build the Great Pyramids. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> We'll come back to that. Um, and the interesting thing, the the ancient Greeks uh, invented Western philosophy as we know it, uh, but they also invented the wheelbarrow. 
And researchers believe that the wheelbarrow first appeared in classical Greece sometime between the 6th and the 4th centuries BC and then sprang up in China four centuries later, again, 400 years later, and it ended up in medieval Europe, perhaps by way of Byzantium or the Islamic world. Although wheelbarrows were expensive to purchase, they could pay for themselves in just three or four days in terms of labor savings, I guess so. Yeah. It's funny when you start really thinking about this, about uh, about the wheels and where, you know, how we evolved in this way, slowly but surely, not so much now. Very speed. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, and we can unpack a lot that further, actually, mm-hmm. just looking at the patterns in the, the spiral of human evolution and, and how we, uh, we move. We have this polarity where we go through times of being... Uh, themed around community and, and feminine issues and then we swap back to the other side of the brain in terms of dominance and we're centered around masculinity and uh, mm. individuality mm. And, and how those things play out and, and that itself is a spiraling process that we swing from one side to the other from uh, an emphasis on left brain and emphasis on right brain as we go mm. up through up through the spiral and up through those different stages or layers of consciousness. I guess actually you, you could you could determine it as you're speaking there and just close my eyes here in the studio and recognise how that's a process in a in a sense if you're conscious enough I guess on a day to day basis we move between these poles to some degree. We do absolutely the inner and outer expression yeah. of the masculine feminine if you will the the, the, the spin and the and the stillness. Yeah, and because in the first six layers of consciousness, which is you know from hunter gatherer right through to the the emerging relativistic, which is just unfolding at a global level now, uh, where we're inevitably immersed in one or the other, you know, in either left brain or right brain perception and, and reality. And we do swing and, and shift and change throughout the day even, you know, mm. as we go into different life conditions. But, yeah. but uh, we're, we're unconscious of that really until we transcend uh, this, this imbalance of shifting left and right yeah. and we can look back at it and then, of course, we become aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, I guess on, on, in the layer or the level of beingness that we've been on for quite a long time, that shifting from one to the other is probably quite functional in a way. Well, it has been. I mean, yeah. if, if we let's let's uh, quickly look at the different layers of consciousness and how they relate to this particular dynamic. Um, so we've got this left and right brain bias as we move through, and this applies as much of what we say on this show does to you personally, and also to our species on a global level and everything mm-hmm. in between. So it's both personal and global, like a fractal pattern. <clears throat> and the masculine eras, which start at the hunter-gatherer layer. Uh, so that's one, and then uh, the third layer, which is, is a martial or egocentric way, way of living, and then the fifth layer, which is our modern scientific industrial. Mm. They're all uh, coming from a left brain bias, and they tend to all be about motion and shifting our center. Mm. So if you think about hunter gatherers, they roam across the land, right? Uh, if you think about uh, martial, it's all about conquering territory and moving. And, and the extreme example of that, of course, is Genghis Khan, who yes. conquered much most of the planet. Actually. And left a, a great deal of progeny, which you may be one of. Exactly. <laughs> we, I may too. We're exactly. Exactly. And then the fifth layer of consciousness, the modern era, the next masculine, uh, left brain oriented. Of course, mm. we left the planet and went to the moon. Mm-hmm. And it was very. It's been very much about motion. Mm. And I, I think, uh, from what you were saying about the history of the wheel, the wheels seems to have emerged uh, during a feminine era, which, which is quite interesting. So, so those masculine eras are really about shifting our center. And when you shift your center, you 
kind of get off balance usually, right? Mm. I mean, if you're if you're trying to stand still and you know, or dancing or something like that, and you lose your center or your center moves, then often you'll be off balance. Unless you take everything with you, which is which is often what exactly people are trying to do. Well, that, that is that is the you know the exact result yeah. of of yeah. moving your center is you get an expansion of, of yeah. the the area that you cover, right? Mm-hmm. And so these masculine eras, the hunter gatherer, the martial, the the modern era, have been very much about shifting our center, getting off balance, but in the process expanding our mm. Our, our reach and our because it can be very creative and inventive to go to off center from for a moment. It can be it can stimulate new ideas exactly, and, and that's that's where most of the change and growth mm. and expansion comes from in mm. an external way. Mm. And then if we look at the feminine eras, uh, they tend to be about recentering and rebalancing. So we've got the the traditional tribal, the, the yep. second layer, which was all about family and tribe. Mm. We've got the fourth layer, which was uh, when the agricultural revolution happened, which allowed us to come together and live in larger groups mm. and centre ourselves in towns mm. and cities. And that's uh, like the centering of the heart, isn't it? Because once you form a, a coherent community, that's really a heart energy, a heart space. A- absolutely, mm. it is. I'll talk a little bit more about that in mm. a minute. And uh, and that, whereas the tribal was centred around family or tribe, the agricultural was centred around ethnicities. And so th- this is where we, you know, we got the idea of cultures. Uh, belonging to different um, mm. you know, ethnic groups and those sorts of things. And then the sixth layer, which is still just emerging for many, many people on the planet now, which is the relativistic uh, era, uh, is recentering us again, but this time on the whole of humanity. So humanity is our, mm. is our centre reference. And each of these feminine eras has brought a certain balance and stability after the motion and the unbalancing, imbalancing of the, the yes. masculine era. Yeah. Uh, that's very true, isn't it? It's, that's great. So we're um, we're moving into a more, hopefully, a more balanced and sustainable and coherent space. And yet, it's a transition anyway to the next level. But we'll, maybe we'll come back to that a bit later. It, it is a transition, yeah. and also a recentering of our perspective. And mm. it's important to remember too that these layers of consciousness are nested inside each other, so we don't lose them. They don't go away. All of those previous perspectives and centers are there. And they're available to us to move between, you know, as we need to in order to cope with our life conditions. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. You're on Bad Femme. You're tuned to Future Sense here at 9.36 with Steve McDonald and myself, Nick Jean. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. You're tuned though right now to Future Sense. And of course, Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond is up after this show at 11 o'clock. So do stay tuned for that. Yes, uh, someone's just written, who was that singer you just played? Her name was Tina Malia, M-A-L-I-A, Tina Malia. Or, or Malia. Or Malia, you're probably right, yeah. yes. Yeah. Isn't it funny how pronunciations, uh, you, 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 everybody's got their own weight towards that. Like, yes, it depends um, where you put the centre. Depends where you put the centre, where you put the heart of the of the word. Where do you emphasize it? That's right. Yes. What would you put the word like, uh, here's a word for you, kinikinik. 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 Yeah. It's palindrome. K I. Double N I K I double N I K K I double N I K I double N I K. Is it actually a word or just yes, it a sound? is. It's an American Indian smoking substance, oh, there you of go. some sort or other. Okay. I do love palindromes, and of course, with the word Nick in there, I actually used to use it as a bit of a, a name for some of my music for a time. Right. Okay. Mm. The words are fantastic, but we're talking here about uh, well, we're talking about the center of things and, and spin uh, and the spin we are, from that. We are indeed. Mm. And there's plenty of spin around these days, isn't there? It certainly is. We seem to have an excess of spin in the world Probably right come now. back to that a bit later if we get some time today with some of the, the uh, current news stories of the world. That's but, right. Uh, we're talking more theoretically at the moment. And, uh, yeah, so we're talking about human development and spin. And uh, we just mentioned this bias of left brain, left brain, right brain, which happens as we progress through the first six layers of consciousness. 
starting with a left brain bias in the first layer and then alternatively going left, right, left, right, left, right as we go up the spiral of human development through to the sixth layer. And then, of course, between the sixth and seventh layer, something quite remarkable happens, and that is that we transition through uh, what seems to be and it promises to be the largest change that's ever happened to human consciousness. And we're shifting to what uh, in Claire Graves' work was termed the second tier of consciousness. And from layer seven, we seem to have the capacity to perceive uh, the spin as we look back down the spirals. We can, we, we, for the first time, we can see and clearly identify this left right brain bias, which we've had. Uh, in, in practical terms through interacting yeah. with other people. Yeah. Um, and w- what I want to do is just talk through the progression from the fourth layer of consciousness, which is the first, first heart opening, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the first opening of our, our center, uh, and uh, through to that brain synchronization, which occurs in the second tier, and just briefly expri- explain my understanding of it. And uh, this doesn't come from Claire Graves' work. This is a, a composite of stuff that I put together from various sources. So... The, uh, the layers of consciousness in Graves' model can be equated to the chakras. So the fourth layer uh, of consciousness, which equates to what happened when we had the agricultural revolution, we came together and were able, because we could, we could crop on large scale, then we could live in larger towns and cities. And in doing so, we had to change our values to allow us to do that. And, and that required a transformation of consciousness, which took us out of our layer three wild and impulsive way of living through to the fourth layer, which brought a discipline, a centering, an opening of the heart and a capacity to relate heart to heart with the second person. Or as I'm I'm listening to that too on that fourth layer, relating heart to heart perhaps to a godhead or to representation of a god within a religion. There also seems to be that element there, like the higher love is actually for the god or for Jesus or for or for Allah. Or that was absolutely mm. a characteristic of that mm. particular layer of consciousness. Mm. It's where all of our major religions were born from, mm. yes. this, this sudden perception or uh, realisation of uh, a supreme mm. other. Yeah, a supreme other. Yeah, and uh, and I'm sure that in some way that was part and parcel of our own opening and, mm. and greater awareness of our own heart and the capacity to connect mm. with the heart of one other person, yeah. you know, in that uh, first person, second person manner. And uh, anyone who's studied the chakras would probably know that uh, in physical terms, the chakra energy is centered around a gland within the body. And, yeah. and of course, the fourth chakra is the thymus gland in the chest. Yeah. Uh, and so coinciding with that, time in history if we look at our species development was the invention of the wheel yeah okay so so in opening our own center for the first time we also opened to this idea that we could use the center of of something like a wheel for good purpose yeah and how that transformed the world amazingly yes and so what a remarkable time that was for humanity that we simultaneously opened our heart and discovered you know this kind of technology which allowed us to do mm. all sorts of amazing things mm. and and uh, for arguably for the first time on on earth to use that um, dynamic of spin to move ourselves through space over time indeed we certainly have done that yeah yeah and so the this was a, a feminine oriented communally oriented way of living this fourth layer of consciousness and 
when we transitioned beyond that, we moved across to right brain dominance. So, uh, sorry, I correct myself there. Yeah. We moved from right brain dominance across to left brain yeah. dominance in the modern masculine-themed uh, era, the fifth layer of consciousness. And just for those who, and you should know, of course, that the left, the left brain controls the right side of the body and vice versa, the right brain, the left side. So uh, traditionally, as Steve is saying, the, the left brain actually is, a, is the more masculine or mental side and the right brain is more of the, the left or the feminine side, to put it very simply. Yeah, so the, the left brain tends to look at details and uh, pieces, whereas the right brain is very much about uh, the connection of things yeah. uh, and uh, the larger picture. Mm. So, um, so in the fifth modern science of industrial, scientific industrial uh, era, uh, that of course equates to the, the fifth chakra, which is uh, the throat chakra, and centered around the thyroid gland, which interestingly... Uh, one of the things that it produces is a particular hormone called thyroxin, which mm. uh, moderates the our rate of metabolism. And uh, so I, I strongly suspect that that's why it's been such a, a busy, active time in the modern scientific industrial, because our metabolism has been probably accelerated by a, a change in that particular uh, hormone and, and probably others as well because of our centering around the, the thyroid mm. gland. And Graves did a very small amount of research around trying to equate um, hormones mm. and neurochemistry to the different layers of consciousness. You know, very, very superficial stuff, but enough to at least point to the fact that, okay, there's a connection there somehow. Yes, and I think that's, that's part of the evolution we're at right now is the greater, deeper appreciation of exactly that, that we are organically and more than organically on, on a metaphysical level we are connected to all these forces in various ways and we are part of those forces and we are representation we are uh, you know a smaller or a larger force we, we supposedly sit i think as nesim harriman uh, talks about in exactly the sort of the center between the smallest thing that we know and the very largest thing that we currently know yeah which is that's... pretty interesting so in, in some senses we are we are the uh, the hub of everything <laughs> let's be anthropocentric for about it for today we, we are actually yeah. yeah the center of our own universe in fact i've got a quote from him here uh nice little segue there let me read it um so this is from a, a website I'll, I'll post these links it's a website which is all about quotes called mind of the dot blogs dot dot com quote from nassim Haramain on stillness and it goes in an infinite fractal rotation, how do you define the center? Every point is the center. Mm. You are the center of the universe, observing the universe from your very own center. Whenever you pick a point of observation in the fractal, that point becomes the center from which you're observing the universe. So it's no surprise then that he's worked out that, oh, look, we look like we're at the center of the universe on this graph. Back to his quote, that point becomes stillness. Why stillness? Because in that point now, all the spins of the universe cancel out. You need stillness mm. to have a frame of reference for rotation. And that's how singularity occurs. Mm. Singularity is the point at the center of your experience of the universe. That is the point of stillness from which you're observing the universe. Mm. Unquote. Beautiful mm -hmm. work there from Nassim. Actually, I have a piece in front of me. I won't go into it from lifehack.org, which... Uh, just uh, from a couple of days ago that says, or a week or two ago, that says, uh, entitled, Science Says Silence is Much More Important to Our Brains Than We Think. And I think that's this, we, we see this rise in mindfulness, in meditation generally, and all those sort of practices which are 
which are seeking to bring us closer to stillness, which is part of that evolution of the green coming back layer, to our centre. Of course, layer, layer six because we're moving mm. back to a feminine. Mm. Uh, so we're seeing that in, and this is really important, folks, to see the trends in society. It's not just been trends, but they actually they actually point to things that are actually evolving or changing within us somewhere. Of course, mm. and, and when I'm using the terms masculine and feminine, it's a broad generalisation. Of course, yeah, we, we are fractal beings, and we all have uh, both the masculine and feminine elements within us. So, yeah. so it's a, just a broad generalisation. So Back to this modern scientific industrial fifth layer, uh, masculine. It seems to have put the world out of balance. And of course, there was those. Uh, there were some famous uh, movies made about the world out of balance, weren't there? Um, and <laughs> and also, it's interesting just to look at how our understanding of this concept of spin and centeredness changes as we move through this layer of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, in the fifth layer, we we. We left, it's, it's like we pushed out from our center in this process of growth that comes through the masculine-oriented layers, this, this excursion, expansion, uh, and, and bringing of change to the outside world. And we, in the process of doing that, we gained, gained a, de- a deeper understanding of spin. So we started to understand spin in the context of the orbit of the earth around the sun and mm. the moon around the earth. Yeah. And through that deeper understanding of spin, it allowed us to fire a rocket off and go take some people to the moon and come yeah. back yes. successfully, which is really quite a task when you think about the fact that our whole solar system is spiraling through the galaxy. Yeah. We're spiraling around the sun. The moon is spiraling around us. And all of that mathematics that you need to figure out there to actually shoot something off a spinning earth and land it you know, in the right place on a spinning moon, it's, yes. it's quite interesting. Not that's interesting to an old teacher of mine used to say, uh, this is an example of if you shoot a rocket to the moon with that sort of, that sort of mathematics you're talking about there, you're not going to be you're not going to be perfectly accurate. So it's all about creating and adjusting, create and adjust. And you you know, you know, create what you're going to do and then you fall off slightly, you realise you're off target a bit and you have to adjust something, yeah. and tune it finer and then you, you get there. Absolutely. Mm. Great. And uh, Apollo 13, great movie if uh, you want yes, to good look, movie. look at those difficulties they had mm. adjusting yeah. their spacecraft. on. The I mean, I, I suppose that sort of advanced math that you're talking about is perhaps why some people don't believe we did go to the moon because the, maybe it was just too complex for some people to imagine that we could actually do I'm, that. I'm sure it is too complex for some people to understand, for sure. So that was the fifth layer. And uh, and then now many of us have already transitioned into this sixth layer of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Much of the world is, is in progress or, or yet to, to make that transition. Uh, and it all comes back to the complexity of life conditions. Uh, you require a certain complexity of life conditions in order to support that transitioning process. And we have through, as we move through this sixth layer of consciousness, which of course is related to the sixth chakra, which is centered around the pituitary gland in a, a physical sense, uh, we, we go through, we begin uh, to open the heart for a second time. And uh, this is still something that I think we're, we're discovering and learning about as a species. I'm I'm looking for more information on this. If mm. anybody out there has any more information that ties the, the physical development of the human body with the, the heart opening process in conjunction with the emergence of this sixth layer of consciousness, uh, I'd, I'd love you to send that to me, uh, steve at futuresense.it. That would be great just to add to this body of knowledge. And so um, in this globally networked era where we're networking ourselves together around the planet and in the process we're gaining the capacity to, in a, in a mental sense and a heart sense, 
imagine and experience what it's like to be at someone else's center. Mm -hmm. So there we have an expansion of this understanding of centering and spin. Again, an expansion of that as we go through the sixth layer. And we can truly, once we get into that sixth layer, we can perceive what it's like to be at someone else's center. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, very important thing. And that's that in itself will transform our world and ourselves, of course. Mm, that's a sort of a higher expression of the expression we use quite often on this show, the wisdom of the moccasins, being able to step and be in someone else's shoes. And this is actually even more evolved, you could say, and actually being able to feel another person's heart and actually yes. know that heart from your, with yourself, in yourself. Yeah. Is and that empathy? Is that the definition of empathy we're talking about there? I, well, I think it is. I think, yeah. I think it's one and the same thing, just mm. described differently, yeah. Mm. And if we look at these uh, even-numbered feminine themed mm. layers of consciousness we can see that each one has allowed us to find stillness uh, together with other people so at layer two stillness within a tribe of people and and peace within that in layer four stillness within a town or a city you know a larger group and then the sixth layer is bringing the capacity to find stillness at a global level and, and global mm. peace mm. Uh, which is the promise of this unfolding layer at the moment. We do like to be positive here on this show about the future because we do believe we're actually going to evolve into a much better, greater or better, um, a greater species, a species that's capable of being mature enough to perhaps enter the, the sort of cosmic community, if you will. Let's take it a bit further out there. That's true. And, it, and it's also true to say that there is a form of utopianism with which comes with this sixth layer of consciousness, you know, this discovering that we can actually do that and then imagining mm. that mm. if everybody did it at once, then we would have a mm. utopia. Mm. The thing that complicates that, of course, is that not everybody is moving through these layers at the same mm. time. People are stretched out. Uh, across the continuum of that spiral of growth and so we we move through and just just to make things a little bit more complex and more challenging for mm. us i think it's it's important because we're not uh, here on this show claiming that uh, that we have the solutions and, and also not saying that uh, clearly we're coming from a place embedded in this little bubble of this shire and the and the kind of thought stuff that happens here and the energy that happens here and yet perhaps we are really genuinely on a cutting edge in this region. Perhaps genuinely we are beginning to exhibit and, uh, and, uh, and start to employ different ways of being with each other and different ways of being in the world. Not just at this place, of course, but I, I, don't call, I like to call Byron and similar places in the world G-spots. <laughs> Uh, just to just to get you out of get your breakfast going there. I, I must admit, I experienced some culture shock on on the weekend, Nick. Um, I went shopping on the Gold Coast, <clears throat> believe it or not, and uh, I know exactly what you I, mean. I stumbled into this store, which, I, if I remember rightly, uh, quite appropriately, was called Culture Kings, <laughs> and it was selling you know, all sorts of like trendy clothes with you know logos and band slogans and stuff on it. And it's looking great on you too, I might but say. But it, it was like it was <laughs> it was like uh, going to another country. Yeah. It, it was yeah. the whole store was it was sort of fitted out with you know black floors, mm. black walls, uh, and then these massive video screens sat in behind the the products yeah. on, on shelves. Yeah, you show me a photograph. Yeah, of it. yeah, quite extraordinary. With yeah. all this music music pumping, it was it was yeah, it was very very different. It was garish. I mean, I guess it's it, to me that sort of thing is like the last gasp of this decaying and, and dying era where everything has got to be so bright and full on and intense in order to try and capture attention because attention is very hard to capture these days. There's so many things to put your attention on. That's true. And also from a technology.
technology point of view, it was like an early taste of how things might be yeah. in the future with all of these kind of like massive pictures, which, which you know, like a whole wall was just a big screen with a, with a picture and a video playing behind products being displayed and those sorts of things. So getting into an, an augmented reality kind of uh, situation. Yeah. Um, just before we, we take a break, I, I might, I just want to mention one more um idea here and and i'll go beyond the sixth layer of consciousness so so we just spoke about that and how it it's taking us to a point where we can uh, put ourselves in someone else's center and actually directly experience that in various ways emotionally and, and, and mentally and bringing the promise of stillness at a global level and uh, when we come back from a break i will talk about the transition in the second tier and what that means but i, I just want to point to Something that uh, I've certainly heard Nassim Haramein mention again, and that is the the uh, likeness between the experience of love and the science of gravity. So uh, mm. both of the, both of these things are moving us towards a singularity, that um, that spiraling or spinning inwards towards a center, and w- whether it is uh, you know looking at the this strange phenomenon that keeps us planted on planet Earth yeah. as it's spinning around through space, so we where you don't have to worry about flying off the Earth most of the time, uh, and also this strange attraction that we have called love, this sudden yeah. feeling to want to move towards somebody mm. and and to merge our centers. And to merge in particular, to yeah, merge our centers. To, to find that shared singularity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they may well turn out, you know, as our understanding of physics and science expands to be the same thing. Indeed. And I think a lot of the work that many people do um, in uh, in self-development and looking inside and, and looking at better ways to, I guess, sort of clean this clean the uh, clean the washing machine so sort of spins <laughs> in a coherent manner rather than sort of wobbling everywhere yeah I mean we, we you know to, to, to move the, the dross out of the way I guess of of a natural and easy spin that, uh, that perhaps we're all not just capable of but that may be our true in- heritage somewhere inside ourselves yeah our potential yeah and um, we'll come back also a couple of texts there thanks and you can text in as I said zero four three seven three four triple one nine it's just gone 10 o'clock exactly and just while I've got it in front of me too Steve mentioned it before all of our podcasts and uh, information can be can be achieved can be accessed uh, through futuresense.it and our Twitter account at futuresense show where all of the various articles that we refer to and pieces of research are posted so you can check them all out here on BFM. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on BFM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.